Ethical disclaimer. While Diana and I are psychologists, we aren't your psychologists. Reverse psychology, while hopefully fun and informative, is not a replacement for therapy. If you're interested in speaking with a therapist, please check out some of the links in our episode description. Also, Diane and I are both deeply passionate about psychology. Common with things you love, we may get frustrated, but at the end of the day, we hold sincere respect for psychology and psychologists. Now, on with the show. Now we're in the early banter phase. Am I allowed to talk? Am I allowed to talk? Yeah. How did it feel to not talk to me for a little bit? I felt quiet. I said two things this morning that Mike thought was funny. And Are, he put a, they're still funny. He put a gag order on me. Mike said, don't talk until we start recording. I wasn't that aggressive. No, you t- said it twice too because don't talk. after the first one. What was the first one? You well, you were walking around saying, let's start recording while we have our mojo. And then I said, what do you think is mojo? Does that stand for something? And then a pregnant pause. Yep. And then I said, do you think it stands for flojo? No, you said, do you think it's short for flojo? <laughs> Which I laughed really hard at. And I go, save that for the podcast. Stop talking. And then the second, you said something else right after that. That was funny. About the cord? What did I say? Oh, Mike said, Nine times out of 10, I trip on that cord. And I said, how many times out of 12? Yeah. And then I go, okay, we can't talk for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, then he, that's when the gag order started. It was silent. Yeah, see? Hey, this is Reverse Psychology, the podcast. Welcome to Reverse Psychology. Bow, bow. This is the podcast where we make mouth noises and yeah. we talk about... We talk about... All things psychology. We talk about kissing. I actually have a thing on kissing today. We talk about cartoons. I do have a thing on kissing today. You do? I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Is it healthy? Is it healthy kissing? Is kissing healthy? Well, I don't know. That's not what I'm. I mean, I don't know. So I'm going to talk about. Okay. I'm Dr. Diana. Welcome, Dr. Diana. Thank you. I'm a psychologist. Cool. I see clients in private practice and I teach and I'm a licensed psychologist and I'm a board certified behavior analyst. And you're a snappy dresser. And you're a good kisser. Mm, thanks. I th- I thank you. <laughs> well, I thank you. Welcome. For receiving that Welcome kiss. And hello. Hi. Who are you? <laughs> I'm Dr. Mike. I am also a clinical psychologist. I work with adults. I am primarily a primary care psychologist, and so I see people in the primary care setting, and I specialize in brief treatments. I also teach sometimes, and I like talking about psychology. I just like talking in general. You're a runner? I'm a runner, a gunner. You're a lover. A lover, not a fighter, but sometimes fighter. You're not, you're not really a fighter. No, no, I used to do Krav Maga. No big deal. But I hung those fist wraps up, said never again. We're in a hurricane situation right now yeah. not really at all but it's everyone here. acted is acting crazy yeah the hurricane is not anywhere close to where we are nor is it going to affect us that much i mean no could it change last minute and head it towards changes us mine? yeah absolutely you know how hurricanes be 11 times out of 12 it's not going to so you know we're in florida but not on the coast that it's headed towards and Still, everyone at the grocery store is frantically buying bread and water. 
people who look like they've never had a glass of water before in their <laughs> life are just stocking I mean, up on you said that yesterday and i don't know what that look what it, that like, looks like people that look like they're like heavy mountain dew drinkers they're raisins, are like i really dehydrated people that look like they have poor nutrition are like i am today i'm going to start drinking my my eight glasses of water eating whole grain bread guess what what water's free water's free from the tap you dum-dums take it from us if you're like hurricane prepping yeah we're not from florida we recently arrived here not that long ago yeah we just got we're fresh off the boat i feel like people here have a unique sense of panic about things that don't seem panic worthy but the bread is really surprising me more than anything, really. I did an informal poll yesterday yeah. at the grocery store. It's just in, in shorts and a tee? Yeah, I just walked up to people and I said, why do you think people are buying bread? Did you, did you hand them a microphone that's not connected to anything? I know, I just straight up asked them to their face. Yo, why are you buying bread? I really only asked two people. And they one was a bagger. Bag person? Baggist. Bag. bag. <laughs> a person with bag. First, yeah. Person. I'm pers- sure they have other qualities, Diana. Yeah. They don't go home and they're like just bagging stuff up. Both people said peanut butter. Bread with peanut butter. That's what people are planning on. (laughs) What? In this scenario, you walk up to a stranger. Why are people buying bread? And the person looks you dead in the eye and just says two words. Peanut butter. I mean, there were some other words, but the gist was You boiled down all the unessentials. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting because that's not what I'm going for. Like we have a well-stocked pantry, cans and such. And so that's where I'm... Like in my mind, I'm like, oh, good. We have canned tomatoes. We have canned soup. We have what else? I'm looking actually at the pantry. We have garba- We have lots of garbanzo beans. For some reason, every time we go to the store, we buy garbanzo beans. We have red and yellow curry. Yeah, we do. Shelf stable. Just sauce though. That would the be shelf good. itself is not that stable, but the it's true. the <laughs> cans are. Fall off that shelf. The, the shelf has a bow to it, and so if you place yeah, it too close to the true. edge, it's it's fallen. Yeah. yeah. If if the hurricane decides to come to our house, that that is coming down. We have grits. Oh, we yeah. have. I, I mean, love grits. That's that's when people ask how I've changed since we've been in Florida. <laughs> Who I, asks that? All the time, they're like, "How have you changged as a person?" And I say, "I now eat grits sometimes." Um, that is my character you. development and my personal story. Cool. Can I tell you something? Yeah, I'd love to hear it. We have a bunch of five star reviews to talk about. Yes, we're not at the review part in our agenda yet, but I, I can't help myself. Okay, I'm allowing it. Moby, I'll allow it. Moby, come here for a second. Proceed. I think this is gonna. That's my Billy Madison. Rorudo. Welcome back to Low Context Movie <laughs> Quotes. I'm your host. Hey, thanks. What's that? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> this sounds like it would be in a movie. Sure. Okay. So five star reviews. One one of which this is gonna be interactive because we we just five star. We just got this one two hours ago. I'm going to go reverse cron order. Okay. And while I'm doing it, we are going to craft our thank you back to them. That's a good idea. This one's from Carol. She recommends the podcast on Facebook. She says, it's like listening to smart friends discussing psychology. Funny and insightful. Thanks, Carol. Thanks, Carol. What should we say back to her? I hearted it, but that's not enough. Um, I think you should say, you sound like a smart friend. Thanks for listening. Diana. In real time. Okay. Okay. Responded to. Great. Prior to that, 
Okay. Monica said, "Oh, you know Monica." Wait, this was a while ago. We already uh, we already said. When was the fourteen? We we didn't read it. No, we did. No, we did. Yes, we did. Did we read Monica? Yeah, I distinctly remember. Oh that. yeah, because we said "fuck you, Monica." Yeah, we did. Sorry, Monica. You only get one read. Yeah. Rewreck. Yeah, exactly. Rewreck well, it. Well, then we're gonna go to iTunes. Sweet. Because Courtney says I can't even begin to even, which the, hurt my frontal lobe. I listen while I'm at work and sometimes have to cover my mouth from laughing so hard. Oh, Courtney, what do you do for work? I'm getting my degree in psychology. (laughs) So it's fun to learn new things and hear two doctors of psych's opinions. Love psychology? Give it a listen. Thank you, Courtney. That is so sweet. I love it. And Courtney, if you have any questions on an upcoming assignment or paper you want to write, shoot us an email. We'll help you craft it. And we guarantee you will get an A or some other grade. Um, Prior to that, we have one more five-star review. Five-star reviews. This one was from last Sunday, which we got it like right after we recorded. So hopefully they hopefully they didn't listen in and they're like, oh, they didn't read read it. No, but also like last Sunday's was rough. This is from six oh one rip. What? (laughs) New fan alert, and then two little emojis of a siren, which I do not know how to do. So that's cool. They're red sirens too, which is. I'm, I'm sure you just scroll over pretty far in your emojis. Yeah. Keyboard. You ever heard, do you, 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 do you know that what? song by P.D. Pablo where it's like, somebody call 911. No, I only know one P.D. Pablo song. Take your shirt off. Just run ahead like a, yeah. Yeah. North Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah. Come on, raise up. Yeah. We should get pee on here. Pee <laughs> See what he has to say. Ouch. But six oh one fan, what we'll, we'll get to your nerve pain. I know. Six oh one rep says, "I love the unbalanced structure of these conversations. Good, <laughs> Good because we can't balance it out. It's funny with quick wits, and in my opinion, they help keep the listener in tune with the discussion. It's funny because we just got off topic to talk about Beanie Papa for a minute. I, <laughs> I find it to be hilarious when they are." <laughs> <laughs> I find it to be hilarious when they have off-topic banter in between serious topics, which also breaks the tension of having the conversation. My only concern with the podcast is that it is relatively low, which at that point I thought lowbrow. And I was like, fuck you too, man. But then they said, I currently need to use a speaker to hear when I'm at home. The the early ones were... Yeah, we didn't know what we were doing back then. I know. We were just babes. We're babes in the woods. Yeah, we were podcast babies. I know. And then, yeah, we've been self-teaching all the editing stuff. And so now... We're podcast teenagers. Yeah, now we're podcast teenagers. We're We're real angsty. We're staying up late. We did stay up late last night. 11 p. God. Actually, 11.30 by the time I did my... New York Times crossword in bed. Oh my, I was so tired. I don't mean to brag, but it only took me 30 minutes. (laughs) It took you 30 minutes to do it Monday? Yeah. You know what? Some of them are... Some are really hard. And I have some feedback for at New York Times. Yeah. Is that how it works? You just say the at and then the thing and then you... And then it goes to them, right? Okay. We wait. Alexa, at New York Times. I don't think it's on... It's been, unpl- I don't know. I try- It runs out of battery really quick. Immediately. And then I s- tried to, when I was on, I said, Alexa, ha- what's your battery life? And then she said, I don't have a battery. And I was like, fuck you, Alexa, because you do. And it dies all the time. I don't know what she's hiding. I don't know what she's got. Yeah, what is she safe. doing with her battery? Yeah, I don't know. Real quick. Thanks for the reviews, guys. Keep them coming. Thank you. We love you. <laughs> 
what were you saying before? about what i don't know <laughs> we, i mean we could always listen but oh we were podcast babes in the woods and now, now we're, we're podcast teenagers podcast teen- oh last you did uh, we yell at our parents your beef with the new york times crossword they're very variable yeah, I did a Tuesday that they straight up made me feel like an idiot. It well, also, when I when I find one that's really hard on a day that's not supposed to be hard, I always look up who the editor was. Ooh. Can, yeah, we both have a podcast. I mean, podcast. We both have the crossword app on our phones. But you also do both have a podcast. We both have a podcast about crosswords. If you like this one, tune into our crossword podcast. <laughs> we don't. We don't. We in real don't t- go looking for it. We don't have it. Were we in real time do a crossword Together. puzzle. The, our, oh, the, the, the best one we've done was the, the one Sunday one where it took us 16 hours. No, I, this was really exciting. Okay. I'm glad we're talking about crosswords because remember how like three weeks ago there was a clue about the Jetsons dog? Yeah. Okay, I'm not kidding you. Last night when I did this, the clue was Jetson's son. Ooh. Sometimes they get in a like mind, like yeah, a, in a groove. Yeah, in a groove. Yeah. And it's like... Actually, I was doing this the one... For today yeah and it said uh jetson's patriarch <laughs> pedophile <laughs> i had to sing the song from my head to get the answer cradle robber <laughs> if you don't get that go back a couple episodes and listen to our jetsons our hard-hitting expose where we times up the jetsons cool hey i want to tell you about something well this is not our topic for today but okay. i found something that made me think about you oh this is about just like jacked dudes who are good at kissing this has a kissing component but it's not about jacked dudes okay so dr mike is left-handed mm-hmm. sorry did i did you out me yeah no i, I am loud and proud about okay. being left-handed what's crazy is that i have two very close to me left-handers in my life mike and my sister they're mm. both left-handed. We are not the same person. No. And I grew up with my sister always fucking moving. Like if I would sit next to her in a booth, I don't know why she would sit down first because I'd sit down next to her in a booth and she'd be like, no, you can't sit there because we're going to be bumping elbows. That was like my, that's basically the story, like my memoir, title my memoir, bumping elbows. <laughs> <laughs> bumping elbows. Yeah. A uh, Dr. Diana story. Like, on, why did she sit there first and then wait for me to move in and say, don't sit there? I think it was just her way of getting me not to sit next to her because she's probably annoyed with me all the time. Mm. And then if I did sit next to her, we would bump elbows and then she'd look at me and go, oh, you have earwax in your ear. Oh, man. Or say something like this, that. This story is taking a turn. Yeah. So I, I will say yeah. I, I want to thank her, though, because you are so table courteous with me now. Well, I'm just very cur- table aware. You are. Yeah. Well, I grew up with it. So every time we get to a table, you put down one of those safe zone stickers because you, <laughs> you, you do create a very safe space at the table to be left handed. Um, it's a left handed triangle. Did you have a hard time growing up with like classroom supplies and stuff? Oh, yeah. They would like pull out the craft stuff and be like, everyone take a pair of scissors. All the left handers, here's your one pair of scissors. And all the, in my memory, all the kids had these like, super nice crisp scissors <laughs> and then they would hand me this like it would just be one of the <laughs> blades and then the other one sizz one sizz the other one is just a popsicle stick and then <laughs> i would just mangle stuff and then the teacher oh. would like like write on it like nice try frowny face yeah it was all aw- she called you frowny face she did call me frowny face the untold horrors r- really happened in gym class because it'd be like Oh, we're playing softball. Everyone grab a mitt. Unless you're lefty, you bring yours from home. Oh. 
And so I'd have to like, as a child, carry on a baseball mitt around all day, like on your hand, on my hand, <laughs> which made it hard to like do anything else. So I was just walking around school. Just why you can't write now. That's why I have such bad handwriting because I would have a baseball mitt on both <laughs> hands because I also didn't know which one was which. I, it only paid off in home at class though, because they would toss me stuff and I'd catch it. Why were you toss- Why would that happen? Because oh, we, our our home ec was heavily fishmonger based. <laughs> you didn't have that. I thought you were gonna say that it helped in home ec because you could easily take things out of the oven. No, our, we we primarily <laughs> handled raw fish in large quantities. We'd go, we throw fish. Mm. I was always, I always had a hard time. It's a weird thing for upstate New York. It's not near like an ocean or. No. Yeah. It's- we got, we mostly got our fish from the barge canal. So they're smaller, but like they were, it was good because we were kids. We didn't, we couldn't like lift heavy tuna primarily like. Surprised that didn't stick as a occupation. I washed out of that school. What does that mean? I went to, to MU for a little bit. What's that? Monger University. <laughs> um, but it's, it's so political. If you don't know someone that, directly. Oh yeah. All right. So left-handeders, left-handeders. Leftist. What do you know about left-handed? I know that person uh, with left hand. Yeah, as a person with a left hand, I know that I have a greater chance to become president. Especially now, I I don't know what that means. I don't either. I also know that it means that I am better writing with my left hand. Do you know what percent of the population is left-handed? Thirteen. Nope. Nine point two. Ah, so close. It used to be thirteen, but then people often get injured or die using right-handed objects when they're left-handed. Wait, what? There's a huge problem with people dying because they're using right-handed scissors or right-handed objects. Well, that's not true. But what is true is that if you are left-handed, you're probably going to be a more successful boxer. Or pitcher. Okay. So it gives you player. some advantages mm-hmm. in life. Uh, what do you know about handedness and the brain? I... It's like, sounds like a cartoon. Handedness and the brain. Oh, the guy that wrote Pinking the Brain died. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Sad. I totally didn't know he was still alive, but now I'm really sad. <laughs> I don't think there's as much to do with the brain, but I'm not, but I'm not positive. So, well, you know this, like your brain symmetry is, well, your brain is symmetrical. It it, It should be in some ways. Like you have definitely, I'm not saying there's a right brain, left brain situation happening because that's a myth. But what I am saying is that certain sides of the brain have more impact on certain activities that we do. That is true. Yeah, I know. Even like your emotional expression, like specific regions of the brain. That'd be a fun thing to talk about at some point. But anyways. Well, I'm going to give you some fun facts, though. Give me some fun facts. So the brain is actually asymmetrical in motor movement and emotion understanding and things like that. And when you do things with your left hand, it's your right brain that's activated. Because God gave us too long of cords, and so we had to cross them over. That's what I learned in science class at my my Catholic school. Very, very God-centric. So if you're left-handed, you're more likely activating the right side of your brain more often because you do more shit with your left hand. I shit with my butt. There are two things I want to say about brain and handedness. Brain asymmetry find their way into romance by the way you turn your head to the left or right when you kiss. Oh, I go straight down the middle like a bowler. I, I was just like trying to move my head around and see like, which yeah, way I go, do I go in? I tilt the top of my head towards the right. Yeah, so do I. Which, yeah, w- yeah. Yeah, which is like good because then we would, if we went the same way. Then we, we would keep turning both of our heads <laughs> and then we would eventually fall down. 
So people have a preferred side and their partner often shows the same preference, meaning that either both people go to the right or both people go to the left, which allows you to kiss mouth to mouth, not nose to nose. Yeah, like Eskimos. Eskimos don't have a preference. They're not Eskimos. Inuits. What do we call? Nope. We call them... People with Inus. We call them... Oh, fuck, I knew Natives this. of the North. Their preferred term is insert later. I <laughs> never actually Alaskans? met... An Native Alaskans? I never maybe? met an insert later in person, but I would like to. <laughs> okay. Um, so about 65% of people turn to the right and 36% of people turn to the left when kissing. Where is everyone else? Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. That does not add up to 100. <laughs> 36 to the left, 36 to the right. The rest are fucking virgins. They're hand kissing. <laughs> they're, they're still practicing on a pillow and they show no preference. Okay, so now I'm questioning this article altogether. But here's the deal. This article posits that your best side when you take a selfie or a picture, I like to call it a UZ when other people take pictures of you. Most people put their best side forward, which they're claiming is the left side. The reason why they say that is because the right hemisphere has the edge in capturing attention and emotion from faces, which leads the left side of the face to express emotions more vividly. Mm. Take that, Tyra Banks. Yeah, yeah. Fucking smile with your eyes. Smiles. 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 That's what she calls it. So that's my fun pop psych tip. Pop, pop, psych. That was a thing in the 90s that we lost, pop-up video. I think it was the 2000s. That's such a good show. It was a good show. It was strangely addictive. <laughs> yeah, this is the imp- another impression I do. You ever wonder what it would be like if pop-up video was on a different show? Then I just turn on the TV and I just keep going. Like an episode of Friends. You know, when you go back and you listen to this used to be on DVDs when you could listen to the director like talk over the commentary. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, I watched that for Rushmore. Have you ever listened to like the running commentary when you're watching the movie? Not for Rushmore, but I've done it for other movies. Yeah. it's I, I like that. With the right director or with the right like person, it's, it can be really fun. But oftentimes, like I've also listened to ones where it's like very like they do they do not want to be doing it. Robert Downey Jr. did the commentary for Tropic Thunder in character. Oh, that's amazing. Because there's a that's line amazing. in the movie that said, I don't drop character until I record the DVD commentary. And then he did his fake blackface voice for the mm, entire commentary. Amazing. All right. So what's the topic for today? Topic for today is... I actually don't know. So It's a topic this is that's to near to dear to my heart. Okay. And I'm actually really interested to see... It's your lungs? It's very... Yeah, it's my lungs. I'm very interested to see if uh, how much you know about this. Okay, good. So the topic is self-handicapping behavior. Oh, this was your dissertation. Yeah, this is my whole research line. Uh, so I wanted to talk about what self-handicapping is, but then I just wanted to talk a little bit about the very first study in self-handicapping. There's a lot of different areas to go into, but I think I just for today, I just want to give the groundwork where it started, and then we can that we give, we can just talk about why did self-handicapping with- start being studied? Like, what is what what was the impetus for like was there an event or something Golf. that are you serious yeah so self-handicapping was first like what your handicap is when you're golfing no close though <laughs> that was good uh keep thanks. them coming thanks so self-handicapping that was a genuine question by the way oh no no, no I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna explain why <laughs> okay, 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 go. um self-handicapping was first coined by stephen burglis from harvard medical school and edward jones from princeton and burglis wrote a non- 
exp- I, I think it was like an op-ed or something, but he was basically, he, he was watching golf and there was a golfer who was very high. I forget who it was, but he's very hi- highly touted, was supposed to be very, very good. And there's a lot of questions of if he could like live up to his hype. And then he very publicly before he played in a tournament announced like he stopped practicing. He was like, I'm not going to practice. I I don't practice anymore uh, because it's just not worth it. And then he went out and golfed and Burglis was like, oh, that's amazing because if he wins or if he does well, he's a phenom because he doesn't need to practice. Mm. He's just naturally good. But if he's fails he can just point back to like oh, yeah i haven't played golf in like sure, months like of course sure. i'm gonna so fail it's like giving yourself an easy out yeah, yes so he saw this golfer making this claim right before this big golf match and he was also aware of this line of research looking at people's tendencies how they basically choose how difficult a task is there was this previous line of research by atkinson this guy had this whole line of research that was just looking at what's a more motivating thing achievement or a fear of failure some people you know they just naturally they go towards challenges they want to do well and some people just want to avoid doing poorly and so what he found was that people who want to do well they prefer doing tasks that are moderately difficult so things that are are pretty diagnostic and how good they are people who want to do well prefer tasks that are moderately difficult yeah like not too hard. Not too hard, but not too easy. So basically... They feel good because it's like, it's kind of hard. It's a challenge, but they... Can, That's why I do the Monday crossword puzzle. Yeah. So it's a challenge, but it's also this idea that the challenge is diagnostic of how good you are. You don't want to do a yoga class that is just you standing there doing nothing. But you also don't want to do one that's like so obscenely difficult. I mean, I could do it. <laughs> I know. I knew you can, baby. But you also don't want to do one that's... But not too hot. Yeah. Because I would shit my yoga pants. <laughs> And so people who have a fear of failure, they tend to have a preference for extremely easy tasks where everyone does well, so they don't stand out, or extremely difficult tasks where nobody does well. That way, they're they're not noticed. Whereas people who are they want to achieve, they like the, the moderately difficult ones where you can tell if you're good or bad at it. So Jones and Burglis got together and they talked about this idea. And basically what they were interested in is, do we do this intentionally? So the idea before that is like, yeah, like we we have a preference. We like to do things that are diagnostic unless we don't want to fail, then we don't like those things. What do you mean by diagnostic? If you want to find out how good you are at anything, like if you want to find out how good you are at at running, you, you, you want to do a race that is not impossible. Mm-hmm. So you you don't want to do one that's like it's 100 degrees outside and it's straight uphill because no one's going to do well. But you also don't want to do one where it's like perfect weather and there's no running involved and you're standing still. It's like everyone's going to look good. Okay. And so it's diagnostic because if, if you do like a 5K on a nice day, you know where you stack up. Sub 30. Yeah, you would. I just want to brag for a second. You would be able to tell how good you are compared to other people. Mm-hmm. So that'd be like a diagnostic test. Okay. If it's one of those really difficult ones or really easy ones, it's not diagnostic because everyone's doing good or everyone's doing poorly. A lot of the research in this eventually went towards school. Mm -hmm. So that'd be like, if you were afraid of failure, you would probably prefer either like math zero one, like the pre-math where everyone's doing, like Mm -hmm. everyone's doing good Mm -hmm. or you probably rather be in like a, an extremely hard calc class versus mm. like uh, one that's within your range of competency mm-hmm. because that would be an indication that of how good sense. you are. And so Jones and Burgos got together and they were just, mm-hmm. all they wanted to find out was, do we do this intentionally? And why do we do this intentionally? Okay. And so they did this 
experiment uh-huh. in self-handicapping. And this was the first self-handicapping experiment. When was it? 1978. It mm. came out in 1978, so it probably happened in like 1976, 77. Okay. Okay. What they did was they had all of these participants come in. They had... Was it a weird sample? Remember we talked about that? It White, was educated. Oh, I mean, it was in Harvard, so yeah. Okay. They had sixty-eight dudes and forty-three chicks come in. My appropriate nomenclature. Come in. They volunteered for a study that was called drugs and intellectual performance. Mm-hmm. And so, essentially, everyone was told that. Actually, it's really funny. Fifteen people were excluded because they were very heavy drug users. Aww. So they were like, "Fucking right, so I'm here for this drug study." So. The people that were left over, they came in and they were told that the study was looking at the impact of a medication on your intellectual performance. And what they were told was there's two medications and they are used to treat a metabolic disorder Mm. and we're concerned that it might impact your intelligence. So we don't want to make people Mm. stupider while treating them. The participants were told you're going to do a couple of tasks Mm -hmm. and then you're going to be given this drug and then we're going to retest you the same day same day so these people believed that this drug would take effect immediately and boost their ability to perform the task yeah absolutely okay and so they came in they were given one of two tasks Mm -hmm. and they were randomly assigned to which one one group was a contingent feedback group one group was non-contingent oh i know contingencies cool but for the sake of everyone else. So on the <laughs> contingent task, basically what, what that meant was everyone got positive feedback on the task. It was like a, a puzzle they like had to solve. good job? Yeah, you did a great job. You were in the Top. 65th percentile. Oh, every, was actually, blanket just across the board. Everyone got that? Everyone was told individually, you did a great job on this. You're better than 65% of people. Mathematically impossible. But you don't know that because you think... No, I know. If I were getting that feedback independently, I would not know that. You're right. Right. If they said to a room of people... Congratulations, everyone everyone got the exact same score. Everyone, not the exact same score, but everyone got this in the 65th percentile. Yeah, that makes no sense. Yeah, that would be very confusing. (laughs) Also, mind you, this is in like an Ivy League school. So people will also be much more likely to believe it because they're like, you're fucking like... Yeah, of course I did. People were probably much more alarmed that they weren't higher than 65. Yeah, we, I was actually going to think that. I do know that they did a lot of piloting on what number to give. Interesting. Because you want to be given something that people likely could believe. Sure. And so, but you don't want it to be so high that you're like, doesn't matter, I'm a phenom, or so low that they're like, fuck this, I quit. Okay, so just to just a reminder for those out there listening, a percentile rank is the extent to which you performed on a test in comparison to your same whatever peers. So same age or same school or whatever it is that you're using as your normative group. So obviously, if you score in the 50th percentile, that's the average, that's the dead average range. If you score in the 90th percentile, you're scoring at or better than 90% of your peers. Just give you a little perfect nugget. Thank you. So drop that nugget in your mouth. (laughs) Yeah. A knowledge nugget. Everyone gets this feedback. What was different was people come in and they're given one of two things. People in group A, they're given 20 questions of analogies. So it's like car is to tire as train is to blank. And then there's four choices. And so group A, all 20 of them had answers to it. It, They varied in difficulty, but they all had a, a correct answer. Group B, most of them did not have a correct answer available to you. 
the goal of group B was giving you positive feedback oh, on something you don't think you did well on. Okay. And so what we call that is insecure positive feedback. Okay. Where there is... Oh, because you don't feel secure about it? Right. So okay. so like I give you a test. It's super difficult. You you leave being like, I didn't do that well. I, I say, no, you did really well on that with the expectation you're going to do well again because you know I'm going to give you this test again in like 20 minutes. And I want you to do well again. I see. And so the idea is to create this anxiety where it's, oh, you're expecting me to be smart. I don't think I can be smart. Mm -hmm. They've done other versions of these studies where it's like a sport game. Mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. The effect that we ultimately will find, it's much stronger in more abstract things. Like you play a very difficult piece of music. You know it was terrible. Then I'm like, oh, these five judges actually give you a really high score. With the idea being like, people are going to like you playing. But you're probably unlikely to be able to do that again. So what's funny about that is, and I have talked to many people. What? Okay. <laughs> what I thought was interesting, because I have a lot of really brilliant friends. I mean, not, not to brag, but who we all felt the same way about taking the licensing exam yes. for psychology. Inevitably, halfway through, everyone's like, I failed. There's no way I'm passing this. There's just no way. Like you, It's such an insecure feeling mm-hmm. that when you get your score at the end and you've passed, it's like, that. how? how? Like it's yeah. very hard. It's a bizarre experience. It feels very weird. And so everyone comes in. They either get a 20-question test that is solvable or a 20-question test that is not solvable. And then everyone's told on their own, congratulations, you're in the 65th percentile. You did really well. We're going to give you a choice of a medication to take. And then we're going to wait 15 minutes for it to work. And then we're going to retest you on these same types of questions. Okay. And they're told up front, you're expected to do just as well on the second one, barring the impact of the medication. What they did was they gave them two choices of medication and then a choice of how much of it you take. Choice A was a fake medication. Uh, I had some, I'm not even going to attempt to say the name. It is. It looked, it sounded authentic. Speed. Basically. We're going to give you angel dust or heroin. The drug was either supposed to... But they help. were not real drugs. They were both placebos. Okay. The Activil was the intelligence enhancing. It's supposed to help your focus. It was supposed to be really good for your brain. Pandacrine, which sounds adorable. That one was supposed to hurt your intelligence, hurt your focus, and not be good for you. And they were told, like, you're getting this drug. It's not going to help you. Or they're going to... you're gonna- They were given the opportunity to choose which one they take. Oh, which oh, which oh, one oh, of these oh. do you want? Can I guess what happened? Yes. Okay. I think that people in the insecure feedback group, or whatever it is you're calling that, insecure... Non-contingent success. Non-contingent success. So they were told... You did a great job when they didn't feel confident about their work, right? Yes. Okay, I'm going to guess that the people in that group chose the medication that made them worse. Absolutely. But. But. Actually, we'll talk about that in a second. Okay. But yeah, abs- absolutely. That's what was found overwhelmingly. So they self-handicapped more. Yeah. So self-handicapping is creating an obstacle for yourself uh-huh. that gives a plausible reason why you might yeah. fail yeah. prior to doing the task. Okay. And so it's not excuse making. If you do something and then I give you feedback saying you didn't do well, Mm -hmm. and then you're like, oh, it's because my tummy hurts. Mm -hmm. That's excuse making. That's not as effective. Right. But self-handicapping would be 
before the test, if you say, hey, my stomach hurts today, but I'm going to do it anyways. Mm-hmm. That way, when you, you get have the, an out, you, you have an out and you often won't even have to say it because I already know of that out. I'm much more likely to give you the feedback and be like, this is pretty good, even though you had a stomachache today. You're pretty much describing my entire college career. Oh, baby. Well, I did fine, but I did a lot of like not studying just in case. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I like going back to the, the licensure exam, like the same thing happened with me where all my like peers were like, you're going to be fine. Like, you know this, you're good. You're going to do great. And the more I got that feedback that you are smart and you're going to do fine on it, the, wor- the worse I felt. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so because you have to prove it. And so it was harder fail? and harder for me to study. I, I knew I was doing things that were like counterproductive. Mm-hmm. I like added hours to my work schedule. I, mm-hmm. I did all these things where... You also didn't tell me that you were studying a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's the thing. That way, if I failed, like to some extent, I was like, oh, yeah, if, if I do poorly, they could be like, yeah, I'll study harder next yeah, time. Yeah. But yeah, so that was the big finding. If you have that condition where you have the non-contingent success, expecting to do well when you don't think you can do it, these people are much more likely to choose a drug that would hurt their performance. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because logic would say, why wouldn't you take the drug that you think is going to make you smarter? Because I don't think anything's going to make them smarter. This is the big thing. In, 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 in social psychology, this is the, the biggest idea is mm-hmm. all behavior is goal-directed, mm-hmm. but we don't always know what that goal is. Oh, And so hmm. on the surface of this test, the goal is to do well and to be told you're doing well. The real goal for a lot of these people isn't to do well. It's to avoid feeling bad. Yes. And so it's much... I don't even know this research. Yeah, I'm you're killing fucking crushing it. it. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the biggest motivator is I want to protect the identity of being smart rather than showing that I'm smart. However, mm-hmm. one thing that they did find that was mm-hmm. very puzzling for men in the study. Well, let me explain it to you. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe I'm you just can. kidding. I don't no, know. No, 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 no. I think you might be able to. Mm. Then I can tell you. If I'm right. If you're right, because I'll tell you what happens. No spoiler. Well, I'm not. I don't know. So if I don't, I don't really know. So if I can't explain it, then you all know it's because I don't really know. Cool. You get it? Yeah. I'm self-handicapping. You're so good. Thanks. My so, stomach hurts too. I have to go poo-poo. <laughs> it doesn't hurt, but... For men in this study, if they were in the contingent success, okay. 13% chose the, the, the drug that was supposed to hurt their performance. 73% chose the... If you were in the non-contingent success, 73% chose the drug. So a huge shift. Where I'm um, not um, following. Among the 30 people in the... Six, the contingent group, yeah, only thirteen percent chose the the debilitating drug. Among the thirty men that were given non-contingent success, seventy three percent chose the debilitating drug. Okay, so like over, the overwhelming majority of the men in that group chose the drug that was going to hurt the performance. Okay, huge, huge shift, huge right, effects. Right, right. For females mm-hmm. in the contingent success, there were this is a little murky only because. There are also two subconditions I'm not going to go super into. Yeah, probably don't. But it was basically, are you choosing in front of the experimenter or not? Is it private or public? Mm. Either way, for women, in the contingent success, Mm -hmm. about 33% chose the drug. The The debilitating drug? Yes. Okay. In the non-contingent success, the one you would expect a larger effect, it was, again, about the same size. There was no difference between the groups. Okay, so let me summarize that and you tell me if I did it right. Women in the fake success group. So 
They thought they did poorly, but someone told them they were successful. So women in that group chose the debilitating drug more often than men. No. So they... Is the opposite? So across the two groups for females, there's no difference. Whereas with men, there were. In the contingent success, women were more often than men. And then in the non-contingent, they were less often than men, but not not by a, like a large amount. Okay, so what's the point? Yeah. So, so the point is that it seems in this first study, men self-handicap and women do not self-handicap. Okay. This was found over and over again in different versions. So they had other... Do you think it's because men have too much pride? So that was one hypothesis was the expectation on, on that and like the pride and the, the, the ego. They tried to do different versions of the self-handicapping. Yeah. And so Jones would do things like, here's a bunch of tapes and I want you to choose one to listen to while you're doing this task. They range from how distracting they were going to be. Mm-hmm. They would do things like uh, they did a drug choice. They did self-reporting stuff. And what they found was that for self-reported handicaps, females were found to do it. So you saying you have a stomach ache is much more likely of a female way to self-handicap. Mm. Whereas you're at least from these early studies, you are unlikely to behaviorally do something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so another hypothesis was that you're just smarter because mm. if you claim it, you don't have to do anything. You're not actually hurting your performance. Hmm. Whereas if I, I buy that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I do too. If I like drink the night before a race, I'm like actually hurting my, my chance of doing well. Where if you just tell people you didn't sleep well, you didn't really hurt anything, but you still have that same handicap benefit. So mm-hmm. it's a lower risk. And so one hypothesis, the other solution. So this is actually an experiment that I ended up doing Hmm. and got published on. No big deal. Was women self-handicap, but in a much more pro-social way. And so what I found was that women are much more likely to help somebody on an unrelated task when they're in that non-contingent success group. If you... So it sort of like highlights their gender specific role as a female like as a helper. It also goes a little bit more into the, the typical female response to anxiety. So there's like the fight or flight, which is often more of like a male focused. Mm. Whereas with... Oh, fe- the fight or flight model is a more focus, is is more of a male phenomenon. Yes. Whereas with females, it's more of a tend and befriend model where they... <laughs> no, no, the, that's, that. a, that's an absolute thing we can I talk totally about. I totally believe you, but it's so corny. So it basically says in times of distress... <laughs> females are much more motivated to surround themselves with people. And so in this study I ran, if we gave the opportunity to help and a female was in the non-contingent group, Mm -hmm. they overwhelmingly abandoned practicing in favor of helping this other person. Mm. And so we found the effect and it got published and I'm famous for it. Cool. Sweet. So that's that's the intro to self-handicapping. We can do a bunch of other directions later on. Down the road, we'll do other things because there's a lot of cool stuff within it. Things about when we do it, when we don't do it. And I would actually really love to talk to you next time about how can we... Mm in schools not create conditions where where students do it because a lot of this research is actually in schools well, and I think children. it's interesting that you say that because there's all this research that telling a kid that they're doing a good job mm-hmm. just blanket good job yeah. is bad yes. it's really bad that's my, and that's my big thing in therapy too is not praising an the innate person, ability yeah. or the person praising the hard work yeah yep yep because yep, yep, that's yep, in your right. control because if you did a test and it was hard and i'm like you worked really hard you're like yeah that felt hard you did a really good job preparing and delivering this information on the podcast today. Oh, no. <laughs> well, it looks like I'm never preparing again. But you did. 
a good job. Do you yeah. not feel like that? No. You did? No. Really? No. I want to protect that identity of being a good podcaster, though. Okay, let's get out of this loophole. Okay. And move to what's ha- exciting happening for you. What's the haps? I'm excited because it's your birthday it's weekend. Your birthday We're going to go out to dinner. We're going to spend... Well, hopefully if the hurricane doesn't ruin it. Oh, then I'll make you dinner here. Fuck you, hurricane. I'm excited to give you your birthday gifts. Aww, and so just sweet. spend some time with you. What do you mm-hmm. got coming up? Um, what are you plugging? I'm super excited with my the cases right now I have in private practice. Aww. I'm feeling really pumped. I'm excited to watch Mindhunter. Yeah. Finish that. I'm excited to watch the new season of Glow. Yeah, I love Glow. I'm excited to do a lot of sleeping this weekend. Uh-huh. Do some ketchup, mustard. Yeah, ketchup and mustard. Uh, if you liked what you heard, pl- please give us some feedback. And tell a friend. Tell a friend. Loop them in. We are, we always want to grow a community of people and everyone. All the response we've gotten in the comments has been so positive. Yeah, we're so grateful, we get, you guys. We get really, when we're in this house together and you guys message us or do whatever, we like shout back and forth our excitement to each other. So please, it makes us happy. So keep it up. And <laughs> this is all for us. This is all for us. If you like it. Buy it. Leave us comments. If you have any ideas, things you want us to do, you can give us a direct message on Facebook. You can email DM. us at rev.psychcast, R-E-V dot P-S-Y-C-H-C-A-S-T at Gmail. Follow us on Facebook. We're always adding some stuff and we always love it when our friends and family and fans, you're you're not even fans. You're just either friends or family with us now. (laughs) Uh, When they post stuff, it's always a lot of fun and the more we all interact, the more fun we're going to have. I don't know. Okay, I love you. (laughs) Love you too. Bye. Bye. We have a surprise. We're going to have some mini episodes. Yeah, we're going to have some mini shows, some boost, booster sessions. Yeah, so now you're going to get us in your ears two times a week. Yeah. We're going to experiment with this format and we're going to do mini sods that I hope that's not like a trademarked term. We'll, find, a dip, we'll find out. So mini sods on a brief phenomenon idea study booster in psychology that we want to talk about yeah so we're gonna talk about gossip weird stuff that's happened we're gonna give like little nuggets of information that way you just don't miss us too much it's a good way to think about it